You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hungry for adventure? Then travel to a la carte, the charming land below the floating city of heavenly delight, and join the young cook ramen for her daily dose of wacky hijinks in the new series Delicious. With a cast of eccentric, strong female characters, this wonderfully illustrated comedy comic will be out in July, but you can pre-order now by clicking the banner on the page for this podcast. Get the limited hardcover first edition, plus free stickers and an art print as a gift. Wow, stickers! A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. Well, this is a podcast review of things that have not happened on the site for a very long time. For instance, reviewing a Marvel film. For other instance, hey, Bo. Sure. (laughs) Yes, have some. (laughs) Wait, were you sitting there this whole time? I've been here the whole time. Hard to believe. There's no way we couldn't have heard you on every other recording Chris has done for a year. (laughs) Oh, no. This is actually how I spent my uh, pandemic. Just sitting here on the couch with uh, Meg on my lap. <laughs> Kinky, wait, what? Hey, Meg, who's Meg? Meg is one of the cats, for the record. Just to be Maybe. clear, <laughs> you were like, "Wow, the life those guys lead." Oh, it's the life of oh. a podcaster. Wow, so curious. Uh, we just said it. We, we get just so re- much pussy around here. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they're all very adorable four-legged critters. It's but all, you know, we're that, still we're that works for some of get. our audience. Marco, don't shame them. It's all cat vaginas and caviar dreams <laughs> here at Chris's house. Oh God. So, the rest of the crew, I've got right. <laughs> Hello. Marco. Hello. And Ben. Row? <laughs> oh, God. Th- this is my, my second review in a row with right. Yeah, that's uh-huh. right. Yes. That's right, Bob. Because we pre-recorded stuff before this. Online and shit. Yeah, online and but stuff. But this is in person. This I is know. a highly suspect review, not a Screener Squad We're review. We're all not wearing any pants. We're petting our pussies and drinking shiny. <laughs> Hey, some of us are drinking whiskey, okay? You're petting my pussy, but oh, for the well. record. Anyway, you this is... I got to do that, Chris. I missed it so Look, much. Look, he's down with OPP, okay? <laughs> yes, old people's pussies. <laughs> this might be a little longer review than usual on hey, this morning. Hey, Mark made a new movie. <laughs> and it finally came out. Yes, this is Black Widow. This is a movie that was supposed to come out a bit ago. I, I'm sure this was supposed to predate any of the television shows. Yes, it, it absolutely was, which yeah. is... You know, maybe why we we didn't get some of the things you would have thought you would get. Well, for instance, Julia Louise Dreyfus, who played a role notably towards the the last couple episodes of Falcon the Winter Soldier, where she was introduced there, was originally introduced in Black Widow here in a 
post-credits scene. Spoiler. She originally had a bigger part in this film, apparently. they. I hope that when they put this out on Blu-ray, oh, they wrapped yeah. the whole film, too? Oh, yeah. the... She was in, I don't know about the whole film, but she had a larger part. Okay. There, oh, wow. there was probably a bit more exposition so that you wouldn't walk away from this going, who the fuck is that? But as we all know, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, actually died in the movies. Yes, spoiler. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She oh. sacrificed herself so that half of all living things could live again and overcrowd the planet once again, as we established in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The whole universe, please, everything. Yeah. Ah, fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah, the Kree are like, well, fuck. We suddenly had, like, dearth of space, and we're like, this is great. Uh, there, are, there are twice as more uh, Xeno, uh, xenomorphs in the, the universe, thanks to Scarlett Johansson. But to be fair, this is one of those origin stories that was long coming and a lot of people have bitched about over the years because she's one of the primary Avengers and we have no origin film for her, which felt a little strange, along with the fact that they weren't manufacturing toys for her, but they were for all the other Avengers. and Jeremy Renner. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, her, her and Hawkeye were the only ones of the, the Avengers, and arguably the Hulk, uh, who didn't get standalone movies. They have established that the Hulk movie with Ed is Norton is canon. Just yes. imagine it was Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Which, <laughs> do uh, your damnedest. I, I always do when I'm kissing Ed Norton. I, always I love Mark, Mark Ruffalo and Blades of Grass. What? <laughs> so this starts back in 1995 as we see Alexei Shostakov and Black and Melina Vostikov, a normal family <laughs> in living in Ohio along mm-hmm. with their daughters Natasha and Yelena. They seem like a normal enough family, except the problem is is that the parents at one point here who are played by David Harbour playing Alexei and Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss as Melina. So they get a call and the parents are like, okay, so uh, we got to go like right now. And the daughters are, you would think would be like, what, what's happening? But they're like, I don't like this, but you did warn right. us. And they've, they've and, been prepped. And we're like, what's going on? Well, they were Russian deep plant agents in the United States, and they just so barely managed to escape and go back to, well, you, one would presume Russia. We don't see a lot of that middle period, what's going on there, but we know they went and they stole some shield info and they did it successfully. We see that the two daughters, they inject them with drugs and say, all right, well, they're off to uh, training, which we already, having some knowledge of the Marvel Universe, yes, presumably they set up go. That there, are, there are a lot of little girls uh, who, who have been abducted, you yeah. know, not like happens in real life, that have been kind of shunted into this program that this is where Black Widows, plural, come from. They are, in fact, Super spots. The red room, which is not the David Lynch red room. No, very different no, red room. Very different red no, room. It's not the uh, <laughs> it's it's not the Russian tea room uh, that you eat in when you go to New York. It's next to the white room with the black curtains. <laughs> <laughs> but it flashes back to 2016. This takes place right after Captain America: Civil War, where she's on the run for violating the Sokovia Accords, for rebelling against the government, for basically saying, "No, I don't agree with Tony Stark. I agree with Captain America." There's a relatively brief appearance by Jen. General Ross comes in and is like, yeah, we're hunting her. We've got to capture her. And she doesn't get away. Turns, she's a gone, pretty it, much. Yeah, yeah she's it, already gone. It yeah. turns out the woman who started out as a sleeper agent is pretty good at being a sleeper agent. And she, she fucks off to Norway. Meanwhile, we see what her sister has been up to. She also was inducted into the Black Widow program, played by Florence Pugh. One of my favorite memes of this year was a picture of her holding up two guns and it just said, Pew, Pew. No, <laughs> no, fucking, no, no. Really, really like that a lot. Frowning <laughs> uh, the whole time. Si- sidebar, can we move along? <laughs> we see her like chasing down a rogue former Black Widow, who, as she's dying, 
breaks some sort of canister that releases this red gas in the air. And suddenly Florence Pugh is like, I, why am I doing this? I don't want to be a Black Widow. And there's a drug that makes programmed Black Widows go, wait a minute. What am I doing? It's like WTF? Yeah, like, they, oh my god, I've been doing this the entire I, time. I wasn't expecting a movie about Russian party drugs, but here we are. <laughs> All of the Black Widows, they have some some deep-seated like chemical mind control, but if they do uh, a little ketamine, they're fine. She sends the bulk of the remaining stuff, which this black rogue Black Widow was running away with, of this drug, to her sister, Natasha, who doesn't even know she has it, in fact, Well, she first. sends it to a, like a dead-letter office, right. and it finds her in Norway. Right. And she gets attacked by Taskmaster, which if you read comics, you know it is a very different version of Taskmaster. Yeah, see, she gets attacked by a Taskmaster. Yeah. In the comics, one thing here, another. I don't want to spoil anything specific about even who plays Taskmaster or anything, because it is kind of a spoiler not revealed till late in the film. But Taskmaster is, at least on film, the way they appear and what they can do, similar to the comics, which and, is and a and perfect this, he's, mimic. He's, he's more of kind of a programmable mimic. They never really establish who the bad guys are as far as belonging to a group. They're not KGB or anything like that. But Taskmaster is more of a kind of Snake Eyes character. Not talking, nothing like that, but... That character knows how to kill you once that they study you. They can, yeah, the they, ultimate weapon. I'll yeah. say it's a, it's a good execution of the concept of Taskmaster, at the yeah. very least. I prefer the Taskmaster in the comic for narrative structure for the future. I'll see what they do with it, but for leaving it open-ended, I'll say that much is that I, I think... I, I think if, if you're a big Taskmaster fan, you're going to walk away from this a little disappointed. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not that version. It's not that they do anything wrong. This is the Taskmaster in the MCU. I probably would have rather seen Taskmaster like in an episode of Daredevil or right. something like well, that. Taskmaster, Taskmaster has yeah. always been kind of a second-tier or even sometimes third-tier villain, but one that they have kind of a sense of humor about. Yeah. You know, like... Taskmaster has a personality. He's a real wise-ass in the, the 616 Marvel continuity, and has kind of come to be like, I train ba- I train other bad guys. Not Deadpoolish wise-ass, but a wise-ass nonetheless. So she reunites with her sister. They fight off a group of other Black Widows. <laughs> Natasha starts to realize, oh shit, the program's changed since I was in it, because they used to just regular <laughs> psychological like yeah. formatting, and now they're using drugs and, to and, like make people be Manchurian candidates. Oh, man, it was just forced hysterectomies when I was in it. Yeah, exactly. It was no big deal. No big deal. Complaining Which about somehow it. Somehow they turned that into a funny scene when they explained that. It's like, yeah. oh, by the way, yeah, we had a great time at Russian summer camp, didn't we, Dad? Uh-huh. It was such a horrifyingly good joke. <laughs> it, it really did work. Florence Pugh is so fucking good in this. Oh, my and God. Good in everything. Her, her, in everything, she's amazing. And, yeah, her delivery just makes that something that could be cringe, not be cringe. By only complaint at all, and this is a dumb complaint, and I saw someone else say it in a way that they were coming from a different place than I was, is that she felt like she didn't do all the physical training maybe she should have beforehand, because there's points where she's, like, clearly super out of breath after an action scene where no one else ever is in the MCU. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm not really complaining. I'm just saying I noticed it. Well, maybe special ops are not the same thing as, like, actual superheroes. (laughs) Or even Natasha, who probably gets a good workout in now. Yeah, (laughs) true. That's the great thing about Black Widow, which I think is one of the reasons maybe why she didn't get a standalone. Because she's not a true superhero. Right. She's a highly trained assassin. 
but she has no power. She can't fly. Right. She can't read minds. She can't even survive a fall from a great height. But she has a certain set of skills. I, but I do love how they let her make fun of Natasha like the best little sister possible. <laughs> yeah, like about yeah. everything she does as a spy. It's like, really? Why are you showing off so much? I'm not showing off. No one does that. There's no reason to do it. Oh, oh my god, the superhero fall. The running joke about her her stance when she lands and yeah. flips her, her hair back. And that's a great joke when she does it too, and she's like and she's creeped out, like, oh my god, that didn't work. The, the, the family <laughs> dynamics here we go on to, you know, pull Alexi out of jail. Yeah, so he is the character Red Guardian from the comics, not the Crimson Dynamo, as they make very clear. Which is a great joke at it too. It's a great a great canon joke. joke. Who is in fact kind of a super soldier. He's the Russian Captain America. Right. During the Soviet era, he kind of has this, like, yes, I fought Captain America. I am the motherland. Probably for about five or six years when he was doing his secret undercover operation, he's working for, like, oligarchs and no longer representing the communist ideal anymore. Right. I think and- he finds out that in Soviet Russia... Soviet Russia caps you. Also, <laughs> also, some of the best Russian prison tattoos ever on him. Like, dear God, they did great with that. Well, I think Vigo Mortensen would disagree, but okay. <laughs> so he's a guy still filled with, to some degree, the patriotism of classic era Russia, but really it's kind of just ego, the fact that he yeah. considers himself the Russian Captain America. He's telling tales from the old days that are questionable whether Even they're asks, true. Uh, Natasha is like, does Captain America talk about me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> His excitement when he sees an action figure of himself is the most adorable moment. So, oh, oh, yeah. That's I like, love David Harbour so much. Because they've decided that their goal at this point is like, we have to take down the Red Room. They are chemically programming these young girls. We have to change this. We have to take out the main well, baddie here, yes. played by Ray Winstone, who I don't uh, know is a character in the comics or not. Uh, I don't either, uh, but he's the big bad. You know, maybe this, like, like some other Marvel movies, might suffer in the fact that Black Widow doesn't have, like, a direct antithetical, like, rival. She doesn't have a nemesis. Taskmaster no, she does not have a nemesis. Actually. Taskmaster's in the mix. He's the guy who's been heading the Red Room since forever. And, you know, it was believed to be dead. And now she's just like, okay, I thought I killed that motherfucker. Yeah. We're going to go kill him twice. Which right. is a callback back to the original Avengers film where... Her and Hawkeye are talking about this thing that went down in Budapest. Yeah, yeah. Budapest. Get to find out what As they that keep is. saying Budapest. Uh, which is how there's to a lot of great references <laughs> to that. Even when they first go to Budapest, it's like, what kind of gun does that? Oh, that's arrows. Like that's great. And also, Ray Winstone has some good gravitas to a villain. In oh this yeah, He's Ray a Winstone. Villain. Ray Winstone is an incredible fucking actor. If you have not seen Sexy Beast or Ladies and Gentlemen, the Fabulous Stains, go and remedy this toot sweet. His Russian accent. A little walking. Everyone's right. Everyone's right. Everyone's right. right. Like, yeah, Everyone. everybody. It's so, though. It's just like Beowulf is trying to come out of we're, we're, we're Americans <laughs> and British and Pew's case and in uh, Winston's case. But when we do Russian accents, we always do Musan Skrull must die. Yeah, and that's, exactly. that's what you got. Marvel movies are filled with Oscar caliber actors, right. Oscar winning actors and even the best of them will. I, it's well, not. Well, I'm not even blaming the actors. I'm blaming somebody well, going. Can we retake that? I think Rachel Weisz probably pulls off the best one. She does. Oh, yeah. 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 Rachel Weisz is just one deeply underappreciated. Yes. Two. This movie plays up to like my love of her from the Mummy. It's like, oh, you're gonna have Rachel Weisz as the sexy, smart, brilliant woman. Sure, that's gonna do great for me. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> because they they team back up with her as mom, and and it turns into weirdly a sort of what is family thing, yes. which is funny because it came out right after Fast, Fast Nine. Nine. Right. So I'm like. 
like, oh, these are two family, it's one our family, family yeah. movies. Dominic Toretto shows up in the post credit scene. I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. It wouldn't be the you know the same dynamic, but this movie really gets right about that dynamic that none of the Fantastic Four movies have gotten, which is like this is about families. Families bicker. They have little in jokes. They do you know weird stuff and they one up each other and they've got their own like little you know psycho nodule to deal with. In this, that's really well established. When it's happening, it's some of the best stuff that happens yeah, during the whole movie. These people haven't seen each other in over 20 years. They had a mission. They were forced to be a family. If you're dealing with adults, you can go, okay, well, that was a job. We're done. We go our separate ways. But they have children. And there are bonds that are created. And a lot of hostility when those bonds disappear, uh, a fear of abandonment, a sense of like, hey, why weren't you there? And it really manages to do a really good job of tapping into that kind of anger, that insecurity, that sense of you failed me as a parent. That's really the charm of this movie. You have four actors who are all really good playing these sort of super-powered spies and assassins, but once you get them back together, they return to those old familiar family unit ticks. Scarlett Johansson is the only character in here that has any sort of real family she's had at all, like those sort of relations, and the other three have not. She is totally blown off this because they were never actually family. The mom and dad were never married. The kids are not even their kids. This was a fake family, but they were together for several years, and this is the closest, including Johansson, but has had to something that was like a formative family experience and everybody has their own explored version of what that meant to them here and i think that ultimately yeah. is the core the heart of the film that it wouldn't have worked without now i will say the third act is as it is with a lot of big action films gets very cg heavy it gets very ridiculous but i didn't have any more problems with it than i did with fast nine mind you oh, no. right, where i'm right. like they're really really well designed totally implausible right. cg action scenes that you're like it's incredibly fun to watch and, and it a, looks pretty damn good it's a marvel movie so you're right. gonna have to go at least a little bit over the top, and maybe, if anything, this kind of suffers from not doing that hard enough because of what we have grown to expect in Marvel material. That being said, like, now that we have stuff like The Winter Soldier and the Falcon, that's more in, you know, that notch. This is grounded action. There's no right, superpowers. Right. Yeah. There's no robots. Right. You know, there's it- no one shooting laser beams or flying around. I mean, they're falling through the air. They're but falling they're with flying. style. They're yeah, falling which actually with kind of works. There's only one scene I think the CGI even shows a little bit of its edges for me was there's a capture scene, which a lot of spy movies will have, and there's a lot of flying in airships. I'm like, you know, even in a dark scene, these kind of show some of their seams a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, the big final climax, where as you said, falling with style, is like, that kind of works because... They did the right thing that all those scenes usually fail at. There's enough debris that is just inches away from them that you're like, when you're falling through the sky, if there's not other things, it's boring as shit. But when you're dodging things, you do that right. It feels pretty good at that final climax when that comes up. And it's yeah. filled with great action, but it's not till the third act that we get into 
Marvel type crazy over the top action. Yeah. A lot of it is more spy action, like road chase scenes. Yeah, and the guy, a Bourne level like, driving was, uh, section. Yeah, Taskmaster driving behind them with like a rocket launcher and, and trying to avoid them in a t- in a tank. I, and there, like, there's, okay. that, there's that it's one an part urban where, assault vehicle. Yeah, there's yes. that one part where like they dodge something. He just plows through. I'm like, I love this. This is the moment that you'll kind of want from that big spy action scene. Yeah, because there's, there's no like superpowers going on. So it's, yeah, it's just all I grounded. Mean, the only person with superpowers is. A uh, Red Guardian. Or and, arguably Taskmaster. But, but, but yeah, yes. yeah. But the thing is, they break him out of prison, and at some point, he just kicks a door down. And I'm like, you could have left at any point. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, but where's he going to go? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they, the they kind of established that he's in a, an area of Siberia. That's a little hard to reach. Yeah, and he also is kind of the alpha dog at that prison. Like, he, when we meet him, it's a series of people challenging him to arm wrestling, and he's oh, just kind of so fucking funny. with them. And it's a really funny scene. And you're like, this can't be the first time this happened. Like, there's got to be a point there. Like, that guy has super soldier powers. No one here can even plausibly. Yeah, be but it's dead. it's one of those things. Like when somebody in the shape that I'm in watches like American Ninja Challenge and goes like, I could do that. Yeah. No, you can't. No, you couldn't even get up the ladder for the first <laughs> like challenge. Which but, is why okay, David dude. Harbor is one of the like best parts of this whole film. He is the guy. He's past his prime. He's kind of he's got a belly. There's a bit he tries to put back on the suit and he's like barely gets hey, it on. suit fits. <laughs> they play up the great version of like the American family in like the most like chaotic way. Like my partner recently had me watch the Mitchells versus the Machines. It's the same great. thing great. of the of the goofy dad who doesn't quite connect with his children, the mom who's really strict about rules, and the siblings who kind of get along but also piss each other off enough. I'm like, this is why your undercover family worked. Your dynamics seem really believable. And the extremes of their characters all play into both the comedy and eventually Drama. The, the drama. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, Forrest Pugh's like acting in the dinner scene when they're all together and then she just goes off because they're not acknowledging that they actually had a family at one point. And with like Forrest Pugh breaking down, like, fuck you people. Like, I thought this was real and everything was stolen from me. Like, that was really powerful. The, the way she so capably shifts gears in this entire movie from scene to scene, it's so skillful and perfect. She is such a fucking, like, Hulk. She, she <laughs> does a lot so of the good. heavy lifting in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dramatically and narratively. And, and really, everybody in this movie's good. But Florence Pugh really is the highlight. And I don't think it's a big secret that she's got a future in the MCU. Yeah, no. Even if technically Black Widow does not. That leads me to the one kind of issue I have with this movie. It's minor, but it's got to be said, this is the first movie in the MCU in a while, that feels non-essential. It does kind of fall in between the cracks. It's not setting up anything. Yeah. We already know the end point for this character. And because they're kind of playing within the timeline, they can't do anything that's going to impact anything that mm. comes after. That being said, this is actually really, really satisfying because... It doesn't have that Marvel problem where the narrative comes to a grinding halt so that they can pay some bills and advertise the next upcoming Marvel feature. It's a true standalone, and there's very little back 
well, story or knowledge required to just appreciate this as a spy action drama. Well, and it's also a good linking movie because there's that part between Civil War and uh, Infinity War that we don't get where all these characters ended up where they are when Thanos comes to Earth. And this finally does bridge some of that gap. I won't spoil it because it's subtle enough. You sometimes maybe have to pay attention to it towards the end of it, but it's it's a nice connector. Uh, ben, why don't you go into your final thoughts? I really, really greatly enjoyed this. I still love every Marvel movie, but as Marco was saying, is this isn't something leading up to something else. It's more of a bridge. Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, she does show up more here, which connects to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is really nice. And the movie ends with Black Widow will not appear in after <laughs> Infinity War. Uh, but no, it is not pretty, that Black Widow. No, anyway. it's pretty clear yeah. Florence Pugh probably will. Yeah. We don't know as Black Widow, but we'll show up again. It will be a process. But yeah. I'm recluse. It's a brand new character. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much fun in this. And like, I feel like we've hit a lot of like the high points of this movie without spoiling anything, which is mostly because this movie is a fantastic action spectacle a lot of the time. I watched this not in the theater. I got to watch it on a TV. And even then, I was like, this is just fun. Like, yeah. this is what I love from a Marvel movie and a spy movie. If you're not having fun in this, you're honestly looking too hard for, why aren't you developing more Marvel stuff? Why is Taskmaster not the way I know for the comics? Enjoy the fucking comic movie. It's a great time. So I'm going to give this 8.5 out of 10 defective Russian toys. <laughs> Bell? It's a really high-quality actioner. All Marvel movies kind of involve that. But because we are not dealing with superpowers, as we have, we have stated rather boldly, this is a movie that anybody who likes spy movies or action movies or the Jason Bourne thriller that isn't necessarily into uh, superhero movies can go see this, and they're going to have a pretty good time. This movie is popcorn as all hell, and maybe in a way it, it's kind of a nice way to start Phase 4. It's kind of... Uh, palate cleanser in a lot of ways. For me, what made this movie work? It is the actors who make up the family. Weiss Harbour and Pew are incredible. Johansson might be punching a little out of her weight class in this movie as dealing with these guys, but I think they were very generous to her in that she fits into that dynamic and that carries the narrative. That being said, I mean, if you're going in and you're expecting this to be Infinity War or Endgame or something along those lines, you're not going to be satisfied, and that's okay. This was a really welcome way to, A, get back into theaters for, for the most part. I went to see this in IMAX. It was a spectacular in the traditional sense of the word. Love that. It's a lot of fun. It's not going to go down in the MCU. I don't think it's going to find its way into the, the top ten of anybody's movies. But it's going to stay firmly in the middle. And as Marco pointed out, it's a great standalone. So if you're like hanging out with your folks and you, you kind of want them to, like, hey, this is, this is the stuff that I watch a lot. This is a, a, a good way to do it. I basically had a blast, uh, and I, I laughed a lot. There's, there's a lot to, to have fun with in this movie. I give it seven and a half Black Widows out of Widowdom. <laughs> <laughs> right? Florence Pugh is just the standout of this whole movie, and I'm, people will have issues with, like, she's now committed to this whole thing. She's going to be in 14 movies uh, moving forward, but... I think it's great because she's been fantastic for a few years now, and Marvel has cultivated this idea where these are movies still also for great actors to go to, and I don't think it diminishes them at all, and the fact that she gets to do yeah. this moving forward is really cool to see for her, like, even just her career, but with, like, David Harbour, Rachel Weisz, and Florence Pugh, and Scarlett Johansson, they all work together so well that they really just carry the whole thing. 
I just couldn't get enough of just their like family dynamic where it gets very dramatic or even just really funny. Yes, the spectacle, the the action, everything was great. And I have a, a huge crush on Ray Winstone. I can watch him do anything <laughs> all the time. Give me Sexy Beast, Bo. Yes. So good. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that he was in it, I was like, oh my God, just be the worst person ever. And he really yeah. is. Yeah. He's kind of one of the better Marvel villains, if you really think about it. And also... What he's doing is awful compared to a lot of the Marvel villains out there. So, right, uh, he has binders full of women. There's a whole brand of like Marvel comics that have kind of concentrated on real life villains as opposed to supervillains. He he's straight out of that school. Wow, you are so fucking awful. I can't wait until they beat the fuck out of you. Imagine if all real world scumbags had their own flying fortresses. <laughs> oh my <laughs> and god. And at least were taken out by, you know, a super spy of some kind. In the end, I, I had a blast with this movie. This is one of my uh, more favorite uh, Marvel movies, and with all the Marvel TV shows that are out right now, this was just a, another breath of fresh air for a movie. I want to give it eight and a half out of ten shots of vodka. Marco? There is a little sense of too little too late with this. I do feel like this should have come out sooner. There is something kind of bittersweet about giving Scarlett Johansson this really good send-off, but it feels so triumphant. It feels like it's announcing the next chapter in Black Widow, when in fact it's really more of a footnote, maybe an expanded entry in the appendices. Nevertheless, I had a great time with this for all the same reasons you guys have said. It's a lot of fun. There's great action. It feels somewhat grounded, even though it's fantastical. The family dynamics between all of these actors are fantastic. Although, if I were David Harbour, I would probably tell his agent, please don't have me in Russian prisons anymore. <laughs> I've, I've got that going between two big shows right now. <laughs> it's probably a dead end. Don't do it again. If you were introducing someone to the Marvel Universe and you didn't really want to have to explain too much backstory, this is not a bad entry point. It's a great standalone I thought this was a really strong entry, and I just feel kind of disappointed that we're not getting any more of Scarlett Johansson in this role, but it's as good a send-off as she could have asked for. I think she does a great job in it, and she has a great cast to support her. Hey, she has to raise Colin Jost's baby now. There, there's, you know, well, there's she no can't need to insult her that anymore. much. God, <laughs> I mean, her life's tough enough already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, She's got to deal with that guy. It's really Michael Shea's baby, but it's not mine, and that's all that matters. None of those babies are mine, and I don't care what that doctor tells you. Are you telling me that you would be upset if it turned out you and Scarlett Johansson had, had a baby together? Baby, come back, because. Uh, Marco, what are you saying? That's my fondest dream. (laughs) Not you having a baby with Scarlett Johansson, to be clear. Also, if Rachel Weisz could still get in that cat suit at her age, you know, we can Scarlett Johansson back in the I mean, honestly, (laughs) if you're talking eye candy, uh, you got Rachel Weisz in this. Yeah. She's far more age appropriate for me and quite nice. I I might need a moment alone later. But for now, (laughs) I'm going to get back to this review. I'm going to have to give this 8 out of 10 Don McLean's American Pie singles. (laughs) I really had a great time. 
I definitely did. Wait, I, the review's not over? No, I still have to do my review. Oh, I thought we got the important yeah. opinions on the way we yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I have the minor opinion. Wait, I always keep it short. Talking? I always keep it short. So, <sighs> I, I know. I'm sorry to exhaust you, people. I thought Bo already went. So. <laughs> it's exactly. not like his show or anything. I'm back, folks. It's fine. It's Chris, fine. we gave you the good microphone. You can stop now. Fine. Good night, everybody. Bo's opinion is mine. There you go. No, it's not. <laughs> I did feel, honestly, a lot of stuff that come from me being a huge Marvel MCU fanboy, and I am. I, I will even be apologetic for the worst films in this series. Go, mm-hmm. look, Thor The Dark World is still better than the majority of DC films. There, I said it. Yeah, And not it's wrong. not a very great movie, but it's a very watchable movie still. This is way better than that. Way, way, way better than that. And I'm not trying to put it in the tier, but it's still in the middle for MCU stuff for me. And I think part of that is because the stakes just didn't feel as high because it is that sort of fill in the dots between things. You guys keep saying Florence Pugh is the best thing about this. I think David Harbour was the best thing about this. Yeah, honestly, he brought a lot of heart to David Harbour is the comedy source of this film. He is amazing. I don't think any of the other stuff dramatically would work without his comedic role in here because he's the guy who's trying to resist getting into the, the real niche of the drama. And it would have been felt melodramatic if you hadn't had that aspect of it, of someone who's like, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. And and it's the funny character who finally goes, okay, I'm breaking. Yes, we need to talk about this. I do think some of the CG in the third act is a little bit wonky and even slightly unfinished looking, but it's not terrible. I still really loved this. I thought it was really fast moving. It was really fun. I kind of felt bad that it was an ensemble film and not a Scarlett Johansson film because she's been in all these movies and she's forced to play the straight man for the entire film. Right, right. Everybody else has so much more in a way of like being a fun, loud, out character to explore here. And Johansson is just the one kind of reacting the whole time. And I kind of hated that aspect of it. It's called Black Widow. It's about her. But it's really kind of not. It's kind of about all the other characters. And she kind of feels like the manager who has to hold everybody else yeah, together. You makes like her role character. in the Avengers? St- yeah, like, like her, her role. entire role in the But MCU that's what I'm saying. is like, finally, she gets her movie, and then it's not even She really got to have some movie. of that fun, though, in Civil War, though. Her playing off, off Chris Evans is a lot of her being like, she's the fun one of yeah, that Yeah, no, that, that yeah. is absolutely correct. Not to plug my other stuff, but I'll plug my other stuff here. Uh, we're going you to be know, doing a loose, a loose canon comedy. Actually on, done here. Oh so. no, we're not. No, no, I wasn't done. Oh God! <laughs> but we'll Luke, return to Loose Cannon Comics in just a second. <laughs> Loose Cannon Comics. <laughs> so will Chris can in the re- next podcast. finish his review. Fine. I'll just go. I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten. Sexy Taskmasters. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I believe someone so, was saying something about you meant ass. Uh, so on, a, on another podcast called that's, Loose Cannon Comics, we will be talking about. I'm sorry, the, I turned it off. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm most still going to keep. I'm, I'm still going to keep talking. Actually, everybody's already turned so, off. I'll see you guys. Bye. We'll be talking about Black Widow, and it's a hard character to write. Maybe it's because, like, a lot of other characters in comics that she's had kind of multiple origin stories, but it's just like, what is she? Is she a Russian spy? Is she a good guy? Is she a paramour to other characters? As, she, as she pretty much was she ever the get 70s? back together with Adam Driver? Is that going to happen? <laughs> well, or? I mean, I, I, I put it to you this way. In the 616 universe, she was like Daredevil's girlfriend for like, you know, about five years. Yeah, so, a child of Black Widow and a Skywalker would be 
be unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs>